Hello, everyone. Before we jump in today, I have some very exciting news. Today, my new course, The Modern Proverbs 31 Woman, Deconstructing Her Identity in Jesus so that you can live in yours is available now. So technically, I am doing it the day after Mother's Day, but it is not just for mamas. This is for single girls, women who desire to live a godly life all the days of their lives. As women, we are constantly battling the standards that society has placed upon our shoulders. But what does it actually mean to live as a woman with virtue and honorable character? So in this course, we're going to be diving into that question. I receive so many inquiries about what it means to stop gossip while it's coming right at you or a friend is coming and they want to spill all the tea. How do I shut that down without being rude or inconsiderate or unkind. We will touch on topics like humility, envy and comparison, work ethic, and also what it looks like to be a businesswoman and also what it looks like to be a stay-at-home mom and why both things are acceptable biblically. We will talk about friendship. I also dig into the prosperity gospel and why it can be dangerous and damaging to our relationship with Jesus. I discuss budgeting and tithing and stewarding finances biblically. We talk about exercise and eating well, which you will also hear about in this episode with my sister. And I'm very excited for you all to hear her heart and our conversation. We'll discuss building a safe and God-honoring home life for your family and so much more. But most importantly, we will study the true character of God in order to see and remember that the same God that the Proverbs 31 woman worshipped is the same God we worship today. So on this course, you will be able to access it anytime that you choose. You have the download function so you can listen or watch on your own time and have lifetime access to the content. And it's only $37. The price will go up after launch week. So make sure to get it right away. You can find the link in the show notes here or in my bio. Um, So come and join us. Be part of hundreds of women who are eager to hear what it means to live as a woman of God and a woman of character while also feeling like you're talking to a friend and having a cup of coffee. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed creating it and studying and researching the word and that you just receive so much and it helps you to grow and that it helps you to become a more godly, faithful, and intentional woman. Can't wait to see you there. Oh my gosh, today's episode, so, so good, you guys. And I am so thrilled for you to hear from my little sister-in-law, Tanisha. She is a light in my life. She is fun and kind and warm. And her character shows through in this conversation, just as I hoped that it would. She just fills me. She makes me better. And today we are talking all about multiple things, but we start with a conversation about health and fitness because she has gone through a process where she's lost a ton of weight and been really intentional in her life to take care of her body now after a season of not doing so. So we're talking about what that looked like for her, practical encouragement for any of you who might be struggling to get into the gym or to eat well. She's talking about what she did to lose weight, what that's looked like for her, how she got herself into those first steps of getting into the gym and just starting this new lifestyle. And then we address a little bit of how this pours into your mental health and how it changes your life as a whole with that intentionality. And then we jump into a new topic about friendship. And she shares very openly and vulnerably about one-sided relationships. And she is a faithful 
loyal lion, you guys. And so she is someone who just sticks things out and fights really hard and pours herself into absolutely everything. And when she does that, she is a faithful, loyal lion, and she loves people really well. And so this is coming from somebody who had to learn the hard way that it is okay to let go of relationships sometimes and love people from a distance. So we're talking a little bit about what that looked like for her. And then she shares how she loves her friends well, and she loves hard, you guys. So you definitely want to hear her perspective and her heart on this. And then lastly... A little bit of a painful topic. We are talking about how sometimes the people within the church are less warm and welcoming than those outside of the church. And she shares her experience with that. And we just give a little bit of encouragement in that area as well. So I know you guys are going to love her as much as I do. She is a gem and we met in youth group. Jesse used to bring her when we were just friends. So we've known one another for a long time and she is near and dear to my heart. So let's jump in to today's conversation. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast behind closed doors episode. And today I'm very excited to introduce you all to my sister-in-law, younger than me, and we met when she was like a baby, how old were you? I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like so 14, not a baby, 15. But felt yeah. Like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but she always <laughs> went with Jesse everywhere. Just <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. She went with Jesse everywhere. And her name is Tanisha. Hi. I'm excited to be here. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know. Tanisha is more shy and introverted. What do you say? Yeah. I- I feel like my voice is annoying, so like <laughs> I don't feel like I have a lot of wisdom to offer anybody. So I don't know. What to yes, do. I don't know. <laughs> you have life experience, and you do have wisdom. You guys asked so much. Like, why do you not have people on the show who are your people, and why do you interview? And this is exactly why. Because <laughs> Tanisha, it's not her thing. Jesse, it's really not his thing. As much as he tries for me. I asked my sister and mom, and hopefully by the time this airs, they will be on the show as well. But they were both like, why? (laughs) Why do you want me to be on it? So 
I am very excited to have her on and we are just going to chit chat. So first, and this wasn't necessarily what we were going to talk about, but Tanisha has been helping me with working out. And I am not someone, if you follow anything on my Instagram at living easy with Lindsay, I am not a worker outer. I have no dedication, no consistency. I really struggle with, I mean, kind of just self-control, but you have been a huge help to me in that area. So will you share a little bit of your fitness journey, like why you started it, what it has looked like for you and kind of just what you've learned about yourself along the way. I don't know. I think I started my fitness journey because I feel like you have to be like a fitness model to be like, oh, this is my fitness life and my fitness whatever. I feel like I'm not like qualified enough to say something like that. I've tried to lose weight and like maintain a healthy-ish body. I think I started just because I felt really bad about myself and I just felt like my mental health wasn't very good and something needed to change. So I started working out and just like working out has brought me a lot of clarity and just made sure that I stick through to something and it brings me joy and like stress relief when I'm done working out. I feel like I accomplished something and then I'm actually not like just failing in life and being lazy on my couch watching TV or playing video games or something. I feel like I'm doing something. So then I feel less guilty when I do those things. <laughs> I feel like I am working for those joyful moments that I have just being relaxing in the couch. Yeah. Work hard, play hard kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I, I mean, I just think one, you are completely diminishing the amount of work that you have put in. But I feel like you've worked so hard for what you have accomplished and you're diminishing it by saying you need to be a fitness model, which is the greatest lie of all. I was just telling you today that I love going to the gym because it kind of puts me back into reality. You're not in Instagram world and you're instead in a place of like, oh, these are real bodies and real people working on their things that have not been photoshopped or altered in any way. They're just real human beings. But I think that with it, I have seen you just kind of your motivation. And I've kind of loved the whole process of you even coming because we do these family nights on Thursdays. And you're like, okay, we're going to go to the gym now. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, just stay and eat and hang out and have fun. But you've remained focused and dedicated in those moments, even when you don't want to. And when I don't want to go, you've been helpful in helping me go. So for people who are just struggling with that mindset, like I got a lot of messages today actually, where they're just saying, I keep willing myself to get there. I keep like sitting on the couch or eating this and thinking I'm so disgusting and I'm unhealthy and I just feel really bad about myself. And yet I can't get myself to get to that point How did you go from the point where you were feeling like you had told me at one point, like sloth-like or whatever, just feeling blech to the point of just saying, you know what, I'm going to stick to it no matter what other people say, no matter if people try to discourage me from it. This is just something that I'm going to do. In the point of my life, when I started this journey, I had a lot going on in my personal life that I didn't have any release happening for me. And so that the stress was kind of building and like making me more emotional and the emotion, like just being easily offended in my day-to-day life, just all the time 
made it more difficult for me to enjoy like even little things that people would be able to enjoy just because of the anxiety that I was inducing on myself. And I think that because of that, I just, I was desperate for any type of solution to help me get to a state of happiness to where I would be okay to wake up and not feel disgusting. And I think I was just so desperate to feel like I was normal. I just wanted that just to not feel anything. I wanted to feel anything other than what I was feeling. So going to the gym, lifting the weights, and I think just like getting stronger and stronger in the gym and being able to see progress, maybe not physically as quickly as I wanted it to, but just being able to like lift heavier each week or being able to perform moves with more ease or yeah, like the movements were, they didn't look so awkward anymore. I felt like I kind of knew what I was doing, maybe that I was getting more experienced in it. And that made me more comfortable to where it wasn't like so intimidating to walk into the gym the the next week or the next week. It was just getting easier and easier. And I think it came to the point of, I was just so tired of feeling that way that I was just, I just had it. I was done and I just needed to go and get there and show up when I didn't want to. And I think, I guess like feeling the relief that I was getting later on, I just, I mean, it took a little while before I felt release. It took me like, I would say two months or two to three months before I was like, you just have to stay consistent because it's never going to be easy. And I started making like fitness boards on Pinterest, just motivational things that I was too embarrassed to like share with people. So it'd be like on private. So only I could see it, but it would have like motivational stories. Those really always motivated me since I was younger. So I would get on like beachbody.com, look at review transformation videos on there. And they always help me, even though I wasn't doing that specific program, it helped me realize that like people bigger than me or smaller than me can obtain a body that they were proud of. So I just always like kept my mind focused on something that was obtainable instead of looking at these girls that were like just born beautiful. And I just felt like I wasn't gifted in that area. So I just felt like I need to work, you know, just use what you got and kind of go from there. And I don't know, it just kind of fell together to where it just one year rolled into the next to where I may not be like the fittest person ever, but I feel mentally better than I ever have just because the consistency and the release that the gym just provides for me because everyday life and each year that I've aged, I feel like my mind is becoming more unraveled than ever. (laughs) She's 25 years old, you guys. Aged. (laughs) You're not. Okay, so let's clarify some things first. One, you are genetically beautiful and you're so hard on yourself. You guys, if you would have seen this transformation journey that she is not giving herself enough credit for, you look like a completely different person than when you felt at your lowest completely and you are stunning and your body is amazing and I love all of what (laughs) no it is the truth and you have to believe that and I think the more and this is myself too because Tanisha has been hearing me you've been hearing me over the past six weeks that I've been doing this complaining or being negative about I'm not seeing this weight loss or that weight loss and I get really defeated and I put my scale away for a few weeks and then I pull it back out. I'm like, okay, surely it's changed this time and then it doesn't and then it's hard emotionally. And so I've had to kind of go back to what you were talking about 
with a mental health perspective and just say, right, maybe my body is not responding poundage wise. Okay. But when I do videos or pictures, which I learned from the Kayla Itzines sweat app, if you guys have never used that, I really love it. What is the app that you use? Do you remember the name of it or the girl that you follow? Yeah. Her name is Rachel Justice and she has an app that I bought, but I really like it because it has like videos and what to do and she starts small. So instead of doing like free weight, doing like barbell squats where you're not really protected by the Smith machine, she starts you at the Smith machine and then works your way to like the more intimidating equipment. And then you can upload how much weight you're lifting at the time. And then each week she'll remind you what you're, you lifted previously. So you can either, you need to be back at that weight or progress. Like you need to just like progressively overload. So your body gets stronger and you're not just like staying stagnant with your goals and your weight and everyone, you know, you want to get stronger. <laughs> so, yeah. And it tracks calories too. So any of those, and we'll tag both of them. We'll link both of them below so that you can see what they are. But I felt like I'm getting stronger and I'm taking pictures and videos and Tanisha does measurements. And so I think those things have really helped me to say, okay, maybe I don't see it on the scale, but you also see all these videos and pictures of these Instagram models or fitness models where they're showing that they're 130 pounds here and 130 pounds here and they look completely different because they've built muscle and toned up and stuff. So with that, it's helped me. But I also have had to really focus on like mental health and spiritual health and how much this is impacting me because since the day we started going, I felt like, one, I was just ready, which more than ever before, and I think it was a moment of, okay, my mental health is just not in the best place. I'm feeling constantly depleted, constantly just feeling kind of depressed and frustrated. And I kind of just said to myself, like something has to change. And every time I'd look in the mirror, I'd feel gross. And I started putting on Jesse's clothes all the time. And he's like small. So it didn't make me feel very good because they're still really tight on my waist. And I'm like, well, this is depressing. I wore these when I was pregnant. So it was a lot, but now I'm just feeling really encouraged to read more and to be more active, even with my boys and to spend time doing things that actually make me feel like a better person and also fill me spiritually and just seek out prayer more and kind of strengthen my relationship with Jesus and be intentional about studying scripture instead of just reading. And I think it's all about that mindfulness that the enemy is so good at keeping us distracted and making us feel like, oh, it's just too hard and I can't get there. But it really just says, just like you said, it takes that one step and then that next step and then the next step when you don't want to go. And I think having you has helped me a ton and, and you had your husband go with you for a while too. And I think just any sense of accountability is really big because it's easy to fall off the wagon. I don't feel like with the way that we eat is depriving ourselves. I think there's moments like we were just talking tonight about our dream meals when we cheat and I want pizza and <laughs> chips and salsa and Tanisha wants, what do you want? Nachos. I just want nachos. And Asian food. Yes. So we talk about those things, but we're not depriving ourselves either. It's just finding that balance of what you love. And so I just wanted to talk about this a little because you inspire me and you motivate and encourage me so much in what you've done and how stinking strong you are, you guys. We have to take off 70 pounds of weight so we go to the gym after she does it because I can't handle it. <laughs> it's a lot. But you should be very proud of yourself. And I know I keep telling you that, but I want you to really live in that. And I think it's important, and this is just a note, 
to not speak those things over ourselves, like saying I'm disgusting or I'm gross or which you said you felt disgusting, but, or I'm not genetically beautiful because I think then we just really convince ourselves of those lies and start to believe them. Yeah. I think, I guess the way that you talk to yourself, it's definitely powerful and what you can say in your mind. Sometimes you could say it 10 times over and over to yourself. And then when one person says something positive, one thing positive, it doesn't matter because you just said it 10 times bad in your head. You can kind of flip and manipulate anything that someone says to make it bad to where you're like, oh, they felt guilty. They probably just were being kind. Yeah. Yeah, They don't actually mean that. They just love me. They don't want me to feel bad. And so you kind of just twist anything that someone says because you genuinely don't believe that you're like good or like you're not beautiful or whatever is happening in your brain that's like defeating any amount of confidence that you could potentially have in your life (laughs) it's just being stolen from yourself from because of your own way of thinking I agree I think self-talk is huge and I am a negative Nancy and it's kind of crazy because how God has created us and God has allowed us this life. And sometimes it's sinking painful and those things grow us and challenge us. But when we complain, we're ultimately complaining against him and the creation and his power ultimately in our lives and decisions for our lives, because we can see the path, we can make these plans, but the Lord ultimately establishes our steps. And so are we rejoicing in those things, even in the process? Because don't you think, It is really habitual for us to want to get to a place we want to arrive. You don't want to go through the journey. Would you say that you've learned a lot about who you are and like your diligence and your intentionality through this process? I've definitely seen like a benefit in like sticking with it. And in the beginning of my journey, I definitely saw a lot more results quicker because I was more diligent. I followed through behind the curtains. I was eating good and I was watching my macros and calories. And I was looking through all of that. And as time faded, that kind of fire faded, but you yeah. still want to remain in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? really? wow. And I've learned like, even through the fitness gal that I follow, she just really helped me realize that she shows some of her results of her clients and just showed that she does a graph of their weight. And she showed like, it's never like a straight line. It's always going to be up and down. And then she zoomed out and ultimately the person lost a ton of weight, but you can see it fluctuating like a ton. And I never realized that it does take years for you to like obtain the fitness level that you're trying to achieve. It could take a long time. It's not just going to happen within the first year. I mean, if you're like being naturally skinny and I feel like it won't take you very long (laughs) until I reach your goal. I'm not saying your struggle isn't real or like trying to unvalue it, but I'm just saying like, I feel like You know, for someone that's trying to go from 300 pounds to 130 or whatever they're trying to do, I feel like, I don't know, it was like hard for me to swallow like, hey, it's going to take years for you to get to where you want to go or at least a year minimum. It's not just going to be like a quick fix. And I feel like before I actually took my journey seriously, I was kind of just doing anything that I could to drop a few pounds and then I would come back and kind of going back and forth. And I think that was worse on my mental health than anything because I wasn't really relieving anything. I was just going through the motion. I wasn't actually pushing anything. I wasn't tracking anything. I wasn't paying attention to my weight or like any progress. I wasn't paying attention to any progress at all. I just wanted to beat my own system, just 
get the pounds off as quick as I can. So I would like starve myself or like do whatever I could. Like in high school, I was not healthy in any way <laughs> form the way that I was going about it. I didn't know what I was doing and I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm learning as time is progressing. And I think that I'm glad that I started the journey mm-hmm. and I'm glad I'm happy with where I'm at now because I have learned a lot, even though I'm not where I want to be. I've learned a lot more. Yeah, I've learned information that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't start. And I feel like that persistence has changed me as a person to know that I am mentally strong enough to get through this set. I'm mentally strong enough to go a week without stopping. I'm mentally strong enough to go two weeks because it does take mental strength to do that. And it's really hard and it's not easy, but it's not easy to go every single day sitting on the couch eating potatoes and then I mean, <laughs> chips, fries, <laughs> cut a potato in any direction, and I'm going to eat it. <laughs> or bacon, I don't care. I'll eat a raw potato. <laughs> just potatoes. Yeah, I mean, I'm potatoes. the same. I ate tater tots tonight, and I wasn't supposed to. But I watch a lot of videos, and I love that you're mentioning this, and you don't realize how much you're going to encourage other women who are struggling, because I wish I would have heard you speaking like this before I started my process because I just felt like I'm never going to get anywhere. But I love that you're saying it is. It's the mental strength and it's the choice and the daily opportunity. But I always see videos like on reels or TikToks where they're talking about their weight loss and everyone's like, how'd you do it? It's always the same question. And it's always usually the same answer. I worked out four, five days, three to five days a week, I guess, just depending. And I cut my calories or I did a calorie deficit and that's just how I did it. And it's not easy and it takes prepping. And I think there's a lot of moms who listen to this and I will say, I've definitely had to stop eating out (laughs) as much as I did and picking up random Chick-fil-A and Chipotle has been wonderful for what I'm doing, but it has forced me to cook at home more. But in that itself, it's been a huge blessing and to not just throw things into the microwave. I'm really big on you cook what you need to cook. Fed is best. Feed your babies. But for me, there is something special about making like a home-cooked meal and making it sweet and sitting down at the dinner table all together. It's very important to me. My mom raised me that way and I love it and I love that time with my kids and I think they've grown to appreciate it. I am not saying that at lunchtime when I'm stressed out and wanting to just crawl in a hole that I don't throw a pizza in the oven, you know, or nuggets or whatever. I absolutely do that. But it's forced me to be more aware of what I'm putting in their bodies and then what I'm feeding myself instead of just eating chips and Cheez-Its for lunch and dinner because it's accessible. And it's just bettered my relationship with my family, even in that way. And so while yes, it takes more time, it takes more meal planning. I am such a fan of Instacart where they deliver your groceries so I don't even have to think about it while I'm at the store. I just get to plan it on my computer and then find each ingredient through Pinterest. It's amazing. So I know it's an extra $10, $15, but if that is your peace of mind, do it (laughs) and let it be that. But it's just a start and a step forward. So I just wanted to take that time to encourage you because you've encouraged me and you have just helped me. And people are funny because, I mean, and I know we joke about it, 
but you're skinny naturally. And I was like, yeah, but then the cellulite comes like under my butt. And when you're walking, it's like, there's like pockets of fat or no, (laughs) there are, I'll take pictures. I'll post them on Instagram. (laughs) I will not do that. (laughs) I will not, but it's mostly how you feel and you feel defeated and you feel lazy even if you're running around all day, like I could be on my feet all day with my kids and mentally exhausted. And I still wish I would have done that workout. I actually started just by doing yoga in the mornings. I was like, I'm going to just at least move my body and remind myself because it had been literally like a year, remind myself what it feels like to stretch and to feel good. And it would encourage me to like, go make a tea and get up my lemon water. And it's just funny how it's kind of this domino effect and pattern of events where you start just making healthier choices as a whole. So in closing of that topic, I want to share with you guys two verses. One is 1 Corinthians 10 31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, because God values our bodies and he values the things that we do with our bodies, the time spent in our lives. And are we doing those things to honor the Lord? Are we doing those things to be intentional with the time that he has given to us? And then 1 Timothy 4, 8 says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. But our physical training, it's saying taking care of the physical body is of value for the present life, for where we're at now because it gives us the opportunity and the ability to be playful with our kids and to be present and to have that energy that comes from exercise and eating well, where eating junk and watching TV all day, not that there's not plenty of days for that and for moderation, absolutely, but it gives you the ability to use your body and like I said, the time that God has given you for His glory in the best way. And then in that, the godliness and the willingness to open the word and to be prayerful and to just try to evaluate our own hearts against scripture and to determine what God is saying and speaking to us is of even greater value than that. But they are both important in the sight of God. So transitioning over, I want to talk about friendship. (laughs) She's nervous about this one. So Tanisha, you have in the past year, two years, been through a heck of a lot with friends as a whole. And I feel like I'm just really proud of you because you have realized your value and your identity and just lived in that more. Whereas before you had a really hard time determining who are the people you should keep around and the people that you should just let go because they weren't putting in any love, effort, kindness into your life at all, but you're a loyal stinking lion and you wanted to love them. So can you talk maybe about your perspective during that time of these friends who, because I get a lot of questions, a lot. And I got one today actually on my Ask Me Anything on Instagram where they said, can you help me walk through a one-sided friendship? I'm the only one who puts in the effort. And I feel like you felt that way. So can you talk a little bit about what that felt like, what your experience was with those friendships, if you felt that way or not, and why you stuck around. So I want to start off by saying that these friends that I've had going all the way back to elementary school to current (laughs) times, I don't think that any of them were bad people. I don't think that they 
were bad friends to other people. I saw good qualities in them. There's everyone has something good and bad. And I just think their personalities didn't mesh with me very well. And I think because of that, I'm just like easily offended and I take things personally and I'm really sensitive that it was hard for me to receive their love the way that they intended it because of how sensitive I was. You have a very humble heart, Tanish, and you are always, which is what I love about you and what I like hoped the audience would hear from you, is you are just so quick to praise other people, like even people who've deeply hurt you. I am just blown away by you. And I think it's amazing because it shows your heart and it shows your love and your willingness to see the best in people in spite of anything that they've ever done. And so while you definitely communicated those things and while you were not asking for even, what do they say? But you ask your father for a rock, he won't give you a snake. Like how much more will God the Father give you if you won't give your child that kind of gift? You were asking for a rock and they were giving you a snake <laughs> like to bite you. And you still see the good. And so I just really admire that. And I don't ever want that to change in you because I think it's just a really respectable, admirable heart because that is who Jesus was. He loved the sick and the healthy and he put himself out for everyone. And I feel like you do that, that you open your heart to anyone and everyone. And sometimes that means you get a little bit more hurt, but also what a blessing that you're willing to kind of go out on a limb for the people that even disappoint you. It's an example. But then to speak to that a little, you've grown a lot. And I remember you telling me at one point, like, I didn't understand why you would say that you fight for your friendships and they're worth fighting for because then it made you feel like these friendships that were really unhealthy were worth fighting for. And so you kind of kept pushing into it, right? And now you have solid friendships and people who love you well and are warm to you and kind to you and include you. And you say, well, now I get it. These are people I should be fighting for. The other people I was kind of fighting for something that was already dead and gone a little bit. Would you agree? I'm going to stick to our personalities really didn't mesh because I want to like get that across. I don't think that these people are bad. I don't think that they intentionally were trying to hurt me. or Maybe they do, but I'm going to believe that they did it. (laughs) I'm just going to believe that. I'm going to talk about my current friends and how they made me feel and then the difference of how I felt before. So just being based on my own selfish feelings and everything that I felt, the friends that I have now, they're not people that I would normally like gravitate to just because they're like different. They think of the world differently. They just have a different belief system. They're just a lot more accepting of just someone of where they're at. And I've never experienced something like that because I think as a younger kid, when you first like become a believer, I think you just want to do a 180 right away. And I think the way that I thought in my brain is that there's so many rules that you have to follow. And if you break those rules, you need to confront that person immediately. And I think that that created a really nasty environment between, I mean, you get a bunch of estrogen in a room, (laughs) like (laughs) let it go at it. You're going to get some girls that are going to get hurt. And I think that that's kind of what happened. We created an environment for ourselves and I was definitely part of it. I think that's more of how it started. Cause I think that if we didn't actually give ourselves like a fighting chance to be normal people with each other, cause once it's like established the legalism of like, you have to be, 
no short skirts. Make sure your jeans aren't ripped. If you're going to be a leader in the church, you better be walking straight and narrow and <laughs> reading your Bible all the time. And you need to learn that Christianese really quick. And like, it just felt like there was like a whole bunch of things to follow. And it was really easy to find, like, you know, it's a lot easier to look at someone else and say, wow, they're not following those rules. And then you like pull that person to the side and be like, can I have a little chat with you real quick? And then I feel like it just turned into a bunch of like everyone's pointing fingers at other people. And it turned into this like really (laughs) uncomfortable environment to where anytime a party was happening or like a get together, I was literally, (laughs) I was dreading it so much. And I would have so much anxiety because I did want to be a part of these people's lives. I wanted to be in community. I wanted to be, but I think we were just going about it in like a really bad, really twisted way. Imagine believing and experiencing the truth that marriage is a gift from God to be embraced, not a burden to endure. Most marriage problems, you guys, are not marriage problems. They are God problems and they are heart problems. Nobody walks down the aisle to say I do with a plan to have a mediocre, difficult marriage that ends in divorce. Divorce is painful and messy and hard. And God didn't call you to be a wife who fixes and fixes and exhausts herself with the efforts to make her husband better. Instead, he called you to be a love him wife. Did you know that 50% of marriages end in divorce? And in 2020, the top reported reasons for divorce were a lack of communication and an inability to resolve conflict. Ladies, have you equipped yourself properly? Would you wait until your entire house had burnt down before seeking help? It is more likely that if your house were on fire, as soon as you saw the spark of that first flame, you would be doing everything you could to fight it, to fix it, and to learn from it. It should be the same for your marriage. It's time to make a change. I am here to speak with you all about the Wife Project. Our society views marriage as disposable, but God's word calls us to so much more than that. The purpose of the Wife Project, which has already been purchased by hundreds and hundreds of women, is to challenge you to grow so deeply in your relationship with Jesus that it has no choice but to flow over into your marriage. I have received countless testimonials that God is using this course to actively change and transform very real marriages from the core. I am offering eight video sessions that will address your root issues with biblical wisdom that will help to lead you to live the life with your husband that you always hoped for as soulmates rather than sharing life as roommates. The best part of this is that you will have lifetime access to the entire course. So if you can't listen to it or watch it right now, it will still be available to you in five, 10 or 15 years. And all of the videos and the Wife Project Journal will be easily accessible for you. The journal will include marriage challenges, scripture memory verses, and journal questions to begin working through the deep struggles of your marriage immediately. Enrollment for the Wife Project opens up again on June 7th. I could not be more excited, and I cannot wait to see what Jesus does in your faith and in your marriage through this course. Just visit my website, sparrowsandlily.com, or click the link in the show notes below or the link in my bio on Instagram at livingeasywithlindsay for more information and to sign up for the waitlist. 
This is a great topic. I heard recently something that said, are we the hands and feet of Jesus? Are we warm and welcoming to people who are different than us? Are our churches open to the people who are alcoholics, prostitutes, struggling with consistent sin, whatever that might be? Do we welcome them in our churches? If we had that heart, the seats would be full. And I just really thought about that. I mean, I don't want to categorize or generalize any church, anything, but I have heard this not only from you as you started this new job, but from a lot of people who said, I grew up as a Christian. I didn't grow up as a Christian, so I've kind of dealt with it backwards where I felt the Christians were more welcoming and warm to me than the people in my life and in high school and stuff. But I have heard from so many Christians who grew up in the church, pastors, kids like Jesse and like you, who say the people outside of the church are so much more warm and they invite you out even if they don't know you and they don't do a whole examination of your life and your history and of your sins and your do's and your don'ts and they just love you. And I, it makes my heart just break because that is what the church is supposed to be. I mean, that is the ultimate calling of a Christian life is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. So if those are the two ultimate things, he is not saying don't have sex, don't be prideful. Those things are in scripture, but they are not the core things. And if we love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, the rest flows out of it because we're worshiping Jesus. We're not worshiping religion. And so those people are warm. And I just want to challenge every Christian listening, thousands of you, that you can make the difference in your church. You can be the difference to be the person who goes up to those awkward people, just like we teach our kids. Go to the person who's sitting alone or the person who hasn't been there before. Love on them. Invite them to community group. Invite them to dinner. Don't make it a weird thing. Just be welcoming. And if you are already that way, I just commend you and and encourage you to continue it because it is so so needed. And so I just wanted to give that little spiel because I felt when you said it to me, I'm like, man, I've just heard this too many times and it wrecks my soul. So talk a little bit about that. You started your new job and what have these new friends been like to you in comparison to your past? You know, I started and I was really, I've normally worked with like, not elderly, but I've worked with like (laughs) older women. I'm like scared. I'm like, in case one of my Xboxes are listening to this, you are not old, but I'm just saying like they were older than me. Like they were in a different generation. And I think because of that, we never really hung out outside of work. And then when I did get another job that had like, I think I got progressively younger generation each job that I got. And the next batch of women, like, They were still like older. We just didn't mesh really well. And then this new job that I have, there's just like a bunch of young kids and just people my age, young adults, some of teenagers, you know, whatever, from all spectrums. (laughs) I think the people that I have gravitated to and the ones that kind of reciprocated that kind of love and friendship that they've given me is they've just been so accepting of me no matter what I was dealing with in life. And I didn't feel... I didn't feel like I was falling behind in life when I was talking to them. And I think that was something that really changed my life is knowing like, you know, I'm 25, I'm turning 26. I have zero children. I'm not (laughs) in the career that I want. I 
and quit college multiple times, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't have everything figured out. I don't, I have barely anything figured out and I feel like I have little to no knowledge on anything. And I just have like, so no, I'm just, I'm like, if you know, if you're asking me about Mario Kart, I know Mario Kart <laughs> and I know those tracks like the back of my hand. But when it comes to adult things, I don't know what's going on. And I think because they are my age and some of them are in the same boat as me. Some of them are more advanced. Some of them are are not. And even if they were further along and they had kids or if they were working towards a degree or whatever, they never made me feel like I was less than or like didn't include me because I didn't have a child to a certain get together that they were having or they never made me feel like, hey, you need to have a kid in order to get included or you need to make sure that you're in this job career and like this advanced or you need to be in this hobby. You need to be interested in this or just stuff like that, that I'm just not the type. Yeah. (laughs) What you don't want to say about yourself. I learned so much from you, Tanish. I do, but I, I do look at me in the eyes. (laughs) I learn you are wise. (laughs) but I will say you're not one to exclude you're not one to ever count someone out you are always considering people like even siblings if we have a date night with siblings and I've already spoken to one couple and they're like oh shoot we're busy and they're not here Tanisha's the first one to be like Oh, where are they? Did you text them? Are they coming? Are they included? Do they feel included? I just want to make sure they feel included. I'm going to write them to make sure. Like you're always thinking of other people, which is why I think, I mean, it hurts anyone to not feel wanted or not to feel like you can be part of the babysitter's club because you don't have a kid, you know, and it it is harder to connect with people in different seasons of life, but I think we've proven and one of my best friends, Jen, is 10 years older than me you can be in completely different seasons and still build upon these relationships. It just takes effort and it takes listening to that person and hearing what they love and doing the things that they love and finding compromise and just hearing them out so you learn how to connect. It just takes effort and mindfulness. So I think though, because you felt such a desire and you always have to make sure everyone feels loved and warm that when those people were colder to you or made you feel excluded, that you then were like, wait, what's wrong with me? Like, did it internalize for you? Yeah, and I think it just kind of progressed to what I was talking about earlier. Like, I think it kind of started from the church when we were teenagers. We didn't really know what we were doing, and or I didn't for sure. I think that we just like started off wrong to where— it was just like this weird, like you can't really be truly honest because you were kind of scared that somebody was going to like judge you for not being perfect or not perfect, but that you weren't like doing everything that you could to saturate yourself in the Bible and the Lord. And I think at a teenager, you're like, you have no idea who you are. Like you still don't know, but I knew even less then. And I think that it kind of started from there. And then like, I think after that, it kind of just each person feels a little sword in their back. There's just like little things happening throughout the years that kind of rack up to where it's almost like easier to not be as good of a person to them because you're like, oh, they did this so I can do this or you're justifying your actions. 
And it wasn't good. There was definitely times when certain things that I would do that I was just really petty and things that I took too far that shouldn't have been taken too far. So I know that there were there was fault in things that I did too in the friendship that I could have done better. But I think because of the little fights that they kind of added up over the years mm-hmm. until when it came to something really impactful in my life, like something that just really shook me to the core to where I was just really broken down just life trauma that happens to you that you're trying to just rebuild yourself with. I think they didn't maybe think that I thought so much of them as I did. And so because of the little petty things that I was doing too, that by the time this big life thing happened to me, like it wasn't treated as delicately as I would have thought it would have been treated. And so it kind of just left huge wound that I could not repair. But I, in my head, I was like, probably overthinking it. You're crazy. (laughs) And just kind of like downplaying it. And then some days I would upplay it and then downplay, you know, it just goes back and forth and where you like, it's like a tug where you like, you want to be really close with them. But at the same time, it's really painful to love them though. (laughs) They're not giving you any reassurance, any comfort, any. Yeah. Or if it is, it's very sparse. Yeah. There's so many factors, I think, with personalities that I've learned just certain personalities just don't go together. As much as you love someone, there are some people that are just better to love from a distance. And that's okay. Not everyone belongs in your close circle. And that's just healthy. So just to share some encouragement for those who may not know how to be inclusive or may not know how to love people in the way that they feel loved. Tell me a little bit about your new friends and how they make you feel and then also how you learn about people so that you can love them in the way that they feel loved because I know that's important to you too. Throughout the years I've learned that the details about someone is really important like some of the friends that I have now they remember little things about me and they use those things to love me back and I think that's just something that's made me feel more loved than ever so For instance, like I've had friends that just check up on me regularly or if they know that I've had a bad week, like I have one of my friends, she sends me quotes throughout the week of just things just to make me feel that I am like not purely based on friendship, but just in everyday life, just encouragement throughout so that I can carry myself in a different way or My best friend, she lives in LA and she calls me. We don't talk all the time and she makes me feel more loved than anyone. And I think that that just shows It just takes like the right person to be around you. It takes the right people to be around you. And you'll know, you just feel it. You just know when you're around the right person. And we talk maybe twice a month, but it's two to three hours at a time. That time is more valuable to me. There's so many things that I would sacrifice just to be able to have those hours with her or even an hour or 30 minutes, whatever our time meets up, like she'll give me whatever. And I mean, she lives in a different state. We're not around each other very often, but she knows the little things about me. She knows what to ask and how to invest in me from afar. So whether that's just remembering a certain joke that I said last time or just making like reiterating what I had said in the previous conversation. Yeah, that I'm being heard and that I'm being valued and then. She just always makes me feel like I've accomplished something in my life. <laughs> and I feel like that's just something that I've always like really appreciated that she's all about like girl power and you do it. You're, <laughs> you can do anything you put your mind to. And that's something that's always just made me feel loved because she sees value in me. And I feel like that's just something that's always 
going to stick with me the way that she loves. And it's taught me so much that she pays attention to those kind of things. And even if she gets me like a present or anything like that, she always thinks of just your senses, your smell, your touch, your fit. Like she literally is so detail oriented that it's always spoken to me. You know, just a beautiful person inside. I love her. I love her. I hope you're listening. I just love her so much. I know. I'm like, I hope you're hearing this. <laughs> and that's so good. And I think that is a common thread with people that I know where actually one of my close friends said something similarly about a girl who was her friend and gifted her something. And she just heard something I said from years past or just something I had mentioned briefly. Mm -hmm. And she clung to that and she heard me and listened and maybe took notes. And that's something Jesse and I talk a lot about in our marriage, like taking notes on one another and those things that are mentioned and the things that they like so that you hear them and see them. And and it's this small gesture. It's not this expensive, fancy thing. Most of the time, it's just a thoughtful, like, I hear you, I see you, I love you, and I just want you to know you're important to me. She never makes you feel crazy for feeling that, or you're over-exaggerating, or if she gets to the point of correcting you, but she does it in a way that you're receptive. Yeah, like you don't feel judged because she's like, well, I can understand how you could get there. However, this is how you could have approached it. Or like she told me one time she was like, well, you're kind of going about it in a weird way, but I can understand you getting there, but this is next time. This is what you should do or something. And it just like, it's kind of like those people, like I feel like you're and like you really like to help people where they're at. And I feel like that's something that you're really sympathetic with. You hold people's feelings more than anyone that I've ever met. Like you really take on your friend's problems. Like your friend's problems are your problems. And I feel like that's something that I've learned from you too is with your friends when I've seen them go through something you're in turmoil when your friends are in turmoil and like you can kind of feel it like right away you're, you're like almost not in the best way no. So <laughs> no no I mean sometimes because it's sometimes it's bad you know and you're you hurt for your friends I think that's really important like any of my friends that have kept I have a few of my friends that I've kept for, you know, the last five to six years that I've just kept in touch with because they're just really, they're really good people. And one thing that they all kind of have in common is they always help me validate my feelings and they feel what I'm feeling. So they never make me feel like I'm unheard. And I feel like that's something that you're really good at too. And I feel like that's really important in a friendship. Like don't ever make your friends feel like they're crazy or their feelings aren't worthy or play it down or anything like that. Cause that is the kind of stuff that you'll never forget how someone made you feel. You'll never forget that. And like, that's a feeling that will stick with you, especially when you're already feeling alone and then your friends like don't include you in something and you're already struggling or they know that you're struggling and then they do something that they know is going to hurt you. That kind of stuff you're never going to forget it. You're never going to forget it. And I know that there's people that I have done that too. And it doesn't matter how many times I like you say sorry to someone like that. If you hurt someone bad enough, you, they're never going to forget that feeling. And I think that's something that's a mistake that I have learned. So it's made me a lot more sensitive to that kind of stuff when someone's going through something rough or if somebody's going through something, or even if they're not, they're just never going to forget that. So I've just learned like even I work in customer service so if someone comes up to the counter and they're having like a really bad day and they're just being a jerk <laughs> I just remember like I have no idea this person could have just lost their child 
and I'm the first person that they're seeing. Maybe this coffee is the only thing holding together their sanity before they completely have a freaking breakdown. And I've had so many people come into the drive-thru and they're fully crying Mm -hmm. and you just never know what you could be to someone. And it's in that short time, and especially if you're in a friendship, someone is saying, I see you worthy and important enough to hold you close to my life. I'm seeing you that. And I feel like that's just know like how important what that means to them. They're saying, I want you to like influence me. I respect you enough to like help me raise my kids or like be my dog sitter, like watch my house or like, or whatever it is. Like they're saying like, I trust you enough to be this close to my life and like no personal information about me. Like, I feel like that's like a big position for someone to give you and you should hold it to that standard and not like just take advantage of people. Carry the weight of that, but in a good way. It's who you give weight to and who gives weight to you and holding that with caution, being so aware of it because of who they are and not that it's a list of expectations on you because that can burden a relationship so much with the desire, I guess, to satisfy this every need in a friend's heart. That can't be it either. It's a balance, yeah. We've talked about that before. That's why I bring that up. But I think that there are friendships where you can create idolatry in that relationship where they're so dependent upon you that you can't satisfy that every need. But when there are healthy boundaries, which a friendship should have, you then have this awareness of one another and this love for one another and just the ability, like you're saying, to see them more clearly and in a way that God sees them where it's not like, hey, you're just your mess, but let's look through, like sort through the mess and the chaos and find the good, but also work through the really hard stuff together just by living life alongside one another instead of, me pointing fingers at all the things that need to be changed and adjusted in your life. And then you walk away just feeling like more of a mess, just friends as a whole. Because I think that that as a fixer (laughs) is a natural tendency to be like, oh, this, 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 like analytical, Jesse's similar, see my problems and see me in a puddle of tears on my bed. And he's like, okay, well, that's nothing to be concerned about, (laughs) you know? And he's learned that was a while past, but he's learned, okay, no, this is important to you and therefore it's important to me. And so I want to close with this quote because it was such a good thought to niche that people will not always remember what you said. They will not always remember what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So just leave with that. And I love you guys so much. We will talk to you next Monday. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share it on Instagram, tag at living easy with Lindsay. Let people know why you enjoyed it, what you gained from it. And if you haven't already had a chance to do a rating and review, please take a second to scroll down from iTunes and give a quick star rating and a few words of feedback. I love reading them. I read every single one. And I'm just so thankful to have you all here every single Monday and that you continue to show up in this community. It means the world. So I love you guys and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you were blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. 
If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.